Welcome to Revelant, where we are revealing the relevant and revolutionary word of God. I'm your host, Mia Jani, and today's topic is one that I'm very excited about. I know that God gave me this word, and I'm going to share it with you. And we will be coming from Mark, the fourth chapter, uh, starting with the 35th verse. We're going to be in the King James Version. Titled this particular message, The Other Side. As we've come into 2021, God gave me this word, and uh, we're going to go to the other side. We need to go to the other side. And the other side could be many things for many people. We could say the other side is from 2020 to 2021. That's the other side. The other side could be we are changing and becoming different and allowing ourselves um, to be led by the spirit of God. We're transferring from the flesh or the natural into the spirit realm and walking in the spirit. And I believe in this time, uh, specifically, God is saying the other side is where we see the supernatural and manifested, where we see Jesus Christ be glorified, where we see him um, being exalted and magnified in the earth through his people. And we see the signs and wonders that he promised would follow the believers. And so I believe that this is a significant time. I believe that we all are going to be positioned to go to the other side. And this word is very timely. Let's go ahead and start. I'm going to read Mark, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 35th verse. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, talking about Jesus. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? 39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. 40, and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no in this hour, 2020 brought COVID-19 and the pandemic and all of the things that have gone on with the election and all of the things that have gone on and specifically our nation, but not just our nation, but the world. And I believe it was being called specifically to the church. And as a result of that, there was chaos and a lot of things were going on and I believe many of God's people were under attack by the enemy, but it was all because Christ is trying to get his church somewhere. He who hath begun a good work in you will fulfill it to the day of his coming. And so he's trying to transition us from one path to another. And so there's birth pains when that happens. There's, there's a lot of resistance when that happens. And so we're gonna walk through these, this scripture verse by verse. It begins and it says in verse 35, and the same day. Why is that significant? 
You know, if you go above and you start reading from the beginning of Mark 4, Jesus had just completed teaching the multitudes and the disciples through parables. And he, like a good teacher, had explained why he used parables and even had to explain the meaning of the parables he was using to his disciples for their understanding. So on this same day, Jesus was wanting to not only teach the disciples through instruction, but he wanted to provide for them an object lesson, if you will, a test, if you will. I recall being in school and always having a feeling when the teacher was going to give us a test over the material that he or she had taught. And I could tell because the repetition and the intense explanation gave them a way that a test was imminent. They would say things like, you need to know this. You make sure you remember this. Are you writing this down? You will be tested on this. And here Jesus is no different. He taught to them the parables. He explained the parables to them. And then he explained why he taught using parables in the first place. And the dis disciples were about to be tested. Tested on what you may ask? Well, the word, the state of their heart and their level of faith. See, Jesus had taught them that the parable of the sower and in this parable, we learn that the sower is sowing what? The word. And the word, like a seed, must be placed in a certain environment, in this case, soil, wherein it can grow and yield fruit. But the seed doesn't always make it to the good soil, like the word doesn't always go into the right environment or the right personalities or the right hearts such that they can produce fruit. In fact, Jesus denotes through the parable that there are four states of the heart wherein the word of God can be sown or given. And dependent on the personality or the state of heart and the level of faith is the determining factor of whether or not there will be production of fruit. And the same day the disciples were tested, what type of soil were they? What type of environment was the seed sown in. And then it goes on to say, when the even was come, that means it was getting dark. It was nighttime when it wasn't clear to see the way to the other side. And isn't that how God often moves? For if we are to walk by faith and not by sight, we can't rely on sense realm evidence. We've got to rely on the word of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, we must not lean unto our own understanding. And when you can't see your way, you've got to trust God's hand. When you can't see his hand, you've got to trust him that he is taking you to the other side. He's taking you somewhere. And I'm telling you the body of Christ, Christ is taking us somewhere. Yes, it's been tumultuous. Yes, it's been very much difficult, but he is taking us somewhere. We cannot rely on our sense realm evidence. We cannot rely on ourselves to navigate. And you may say, why not wait until the morning? Because Jesus wanted them to go to the other side then. He didn't want them to lean onto their under, uh, own understanding. He wanted them to obey his word we would we have to trust Jesus like that just like they had to trust Jesus 
And we must do as Jesus told the disciples. When he tells us to do it, we must obey. He saith unto them, let us pass over on to the other side. Jesus gave them the word. He's commanding them to pass to the other side. And faith coming by, cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus, the word of God made flesh, gave the instruction because he knew that they were going to the other side. Once he says it, it's a done deal. They would have to trust him at his word. They would have to walk by faith and not by sight. They would need to obey, obey the word of the Lord. And depending on what type of soil, what type of environment the word had been sown in would depend on if they would produce, if they would be able to get to the other side. God has subjected himself to his word. All authority has been given to Jesus, the word of God made flesh. By him, the worlds were framed. Many times in our lives, we may question what God is doing, but many in the hall of faith did as well. They had their days of questioning why and how God, why God did what he did, but they still trusted God. And we have got to get ourselves in the same vein where we trust God, even when to our understanding and sense realm evidence, it looks impossible. It looks weird or just the opposite of what we are believing for. We must settle that God's word has the authority. And just like that, what Jesus' Jesus's mom told the people at the wedding, whatever he says to do, do it. Is what we've got to do. Whatever the word says, we've got to do it. And guess what? Water was turned into wine, just like the disciples had to go to the other side. Jesus is telling his children, we must go to the other side. And when they had sent the multitude away, it says, and I find it interesting that they sent the multitude away. There are times of intimacy needed with Jesus, wherein there are not many others who need to come along. Isn't it amazing when Jesus gets ready to take you to the other side, he makes you go to that intimate place with him, where others start falling away, start going away from you. And you may feel lonely in this season. You may feel like, what is going on? Everyone has turned their back on me. But it's Jesus allowing for that time of intimacy. It says, when they had sent away the multitude. In scripture, we see Jesus leaving the multitudes often and being only with the disciples. Other times, leaving the disciples to be only with Peter, James, and John. And other times, stealing away alone to talk to the Father. Not only that, but them sending away the multitudes also indicated that not everyone can go with you to the place that God is telling you to go. Some people are in your life for a season and they may not understand what God is doing in your life. So you have to make the decision and have the discernment that you're going to follow Jesus. And there may be times where you've got to send the multitude away. You've got to separate yourself from people in order to follow 
Jesus. In fact, sometimes when you have too many people, they will talk you out of what the Lord is saying for you to do. Too many opinions can cloud your hearing. And the Lord says, my sheep know my voice and another they do not follow. And this is why it is important to note that they sent the multitude away. We must go to the other side. And they took him even as he was in the ship. Here was the disciples' obedience. Initial obedience was they were obeying the Lord and headed to the other side. They took Jesus with them in their ship or their vessel. And I believe this has a deeper meaning as well. The disciples had Jesus physically with them and were able to carry him within their ship. But we too have Jesus with us. Albeit not physically, we carry him in our vessels. <laughs> Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We must recognize that this small phrase, they took him even as he was in the ship, also represents our acceptance of Jesus into our hearts, which leads us to obey him. We too carry Jesus in our vessels. And there arose a great storm of wind. We have to know <laughs> that in this text, Jesus had already warned them of this, that a storm would come. He had done so in the parable of the sower. He, he told them that after the word is sown, that Satan would immediately come. He would come up to take away the word, either through affliction, persecution, offense, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust, whatever the storm, you've got to expect that the enemy is going to come. When Jesus gives you a word, the enemy's coming for it. You must expect the storm. And when you're tested, when you're faced Faith is tested. When it comes to the testing of our faith, we must understand what is in our hearts. Storms will definitely come and they will determine whether we will believe the word of God or allow the enemy to get us off course and in fear. The disciples should have anticipated the test. And we as the Lord's disciples, must know that the enemy wants to steal the word from us. He doesn't want us to make it to the other side. He's going to bring a storm. He wants us to get out of faith and into fear. He wants us to turn away from following the Lord. He wants us to doubt what he says. So he brings the storms of life. But we must remember the word of God. And if he says it, it's a done deal. He's already said, we are going to the other side and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. What began as a storm of wind on the outside began affecting them on the inside. And isn't that how storms come? First, they're raging on the outside and it's not affecting us until it gets on the inside. In life, when the storms rage, it's okay that the storm is raging on the outside. Many can handle that. It's when the storm comes inside our vessel, inside wherein we begin to wonder 
And here in this parabolic object lesson, the disciples were being tested as are we, will we keep going to the other side or become distressed internally because of the storm? And he was in the hinder part of the ship. We see here that during the storm, Jesus was still in the ship. See, we have to remember that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And we may be going through storms. Jesus is still with us. He was still in the ship. And it's important to note that Jesus was still there. He was going through the storm. But the difference was he was asleep on the pillow. I think this denotes that the disciples were not interacting with Jesus. There was no fellowship. They were navigating to the other side without him. See, herein is the importance of fellowshipping with the Lord. Once we receive the word from the Lord, we must know that we need him. We need to continue to walk with him to see the fulfillment. We must keep our eyes on him. We must continue in fellowship with him. And often we can have Jesus in our hearts, in our vessels, but we never talk to him. We never spend time with him. We never meditate on his word nor his promises to us. And so when the storms of life come. They can beat us so bad to the point where it gets on the inside of us and we start thinking, Jesus, are you still with us? He's there, but he's asleep to us. And we must remain in fellowship with the Lord. The text states Jesus was asleep. He was resting, unchanged by the external circumstances. And that's what the disciples should have been like. They should have been unchanged by the external circumstances. And we see here that the disciples were getting in distress and they awake him. And often it takes a storm to get us to get closer and more intimate with Jesus. What were they doing before? They were navigating to the other side in their own strength apart from Jesus. And he wants us to rest in him. Stop our own works. And they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? See, the disciples forgot that Jesus loved them. They allowed the storm make them forget their identity, make them forget their, their position in Christ. See, the storm had made them question how Jesus felt about them. And isn't that often what happens? In the midst of the storm, we start wondering if Jesus is still for us, if Jesus is still with us, if he still loves us. We wonder if he's still going to see us through, not recognizing that he's already forewarned us that the storms are going to come. In this life, you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome. He's still with us. We just have to go deeper in him. We have to get more intimate with him. Don't let him be asleep. Interact with him. Fellowship with him. That keeps us strong. That keeps us um, mindful that we're in a war. That keeps us on point and it keeps us at perfect peace when we keep our minds stayed on him. No matter the storm in life, we can go through it to the other side. Why? Because Jesus is with us. But we wonder so many times, the human part of us in the midst of a storm want 
wonders if he's still going to see us through. And Jesus has to get us to a place where we recognize that in this life, there will be storms. There's no storm wherein we will not see the victory, but we have to have the faith to believe it. We have to ensure we are guarding our hearts, protecting the word the Lord gave us, trusting and believing that what he said is so, and it will come to pass. We mustn't let our hearts be troubled nor get into fear. We must stay in fellowship with him. And remember, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But here's the deal. We must die to self our flesh, our ability to save ourselves, our dependency on self and rest in Jesus. The disciples asked Jesus if he would cared about them perishing, not realizing that he who loses their life shall find it. Not realizing that the way, the truth, the life was with them in their vessel. Therefore, if they accept the truth, they would never perish. And he arose, it says, Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When we call on Jesus, he delivers us. We can never perish. And what did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind. Starting with the source of the water in the ship, Jesus first rebuked the wind, that external force that was coming against them. He used his words, teaching the disciples how they too must fight the good fight of faith. We must say something. We must rebuke those things coming against the word of the Lord. The wind symbolized the resistance to the disciples going to the other side, resistance to the word and the fulfillment of the word. It was trying to stop the disciples and get them to turn back. But the taxes of the enemy powerless and subject to the word of the Lord, what would it have looked like if the disciples had said to the wind, the Lord said, let us pass to the other side and they rebuked the wind. See, Jesus wants us to get to the place wherein we rest in him and not be concerned about the storms raging against us. We can't do that by navigating without him. We can only do that when we fellowship with Jesus, read and meditate on his word and have our dependency on him and not ourselves. And it goes on to say, Jesus said unto the sea, peace be still. Here we see the Prince of Peace calming the sea and in essence, perfecting that which concerned the disciples. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And when we call upon him, he will make everything coming against us, bow down to his command. And then we see this and the wind ceased and there was a great Calm. Resting in Jesus is more than just trusting that Jesus can do something, but it's the relying on Jesus to act on our behalf that he will do it. Here we see a beautiful picture of how the Lord delivers us out of all of our troubles. He is for us. He cares for us. We must pass the test. We must pass the test of our faith. The disciples were to pass over to the other side, regardless of it being night, regardless of the storm. We can weather the storms of life as we remain in fellowship, depending on Jesus to rebuke the storm and bring calm. But two, we must realize that the storm only comes to teach us how to navigate. 
We must expect the storm. We have an adversary, the devil, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal the word from our hearts, kill our dreams, and destroy the promise. But we must remember the word of the Lord. Stay rooted and grounded in Jesus and let our faith remain strong no matter the opposition. And Jesus, still teaching, said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? It was a test for the disciples. Fear is the opposite of faith. We must have unwavering trust in the Lord such that nothing can shake us nor get us into fear. If we're going to do great things for the Lord, and we will, we must pass the test of our faith. We must remain in fellowship with Jesus like a child, depending on his might. Then we will see the impossible fruit that the Lord wants his disciples to yield. We must recognize that the Lord is a good teacher. He will test us on the word he has given. And the devil is just a tool to see where our heart is and whether we take the Lord at his word or not. And when we put things in the proper perspective, we begin to understand that faith by definition means that we will not have sense realm evidence of it. In fact, it may look the opposite. See, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. To the disciples, Jesus spoke the word for them to go to the other side, what seemed to be impossible scenarios. It was the evening, and then the storm came on the outside, and then through the wind, and then the water started seeping in the inside of the vessel. To them, it looked impossible. Jesus was sleeping on a pillow, and here they are about to perish. Faith always looks like the opposite. But because Jesus is the word of God made flesh, the disciples should have trusted that there would be nothing that could stop them from getting to the other side. Just like we must believe that there's nothing that can stop the word of God from being fulfilled. The problem is we cannot rely on what we see, what our senses tell us to feel, what it looks like. Yes, the storm was strong and the wind and the waves were causing water to flood into the ship. Can you face the opposition in your life no matter how great? Reminded of the word of God, trusting that you'll get to the other side. See, the, depending on the state of your heart, you will either have strong faith or unbelieving faith. The Lord wants us to go to the other side, church. And I don't know what the other side is for you, but I believe as a collective, we're about to see the supernatural things of God. That we're about to see supernatural things and promises being fulfilled, hallelujah. Because we're going through the storm to the other side. And your other side could be the other side of a divorce, the other side of a lost job, the other side of sickness, the over, other side of COVID, the over, other side of financial distress, the other side of whatever. The Lord says, let's go 
to the other side. But it will take fellowship with Jesus and fearless faith. Because guess what? There will be a test. There will be a storm. But I'm assured. Because greater is he that is in us. We will pass it. Let us go to the other side.